We have reached October in the SEC. Many big games around the league. We're here to break them down. The Hall of Fame head coach, Jim Donnan, Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus, and Dane Young here. UGASports.com brings you around the league. Guys, I want to start this week by looking at the SEC standings a month through the season. Is there anything that stands out, Coach, other than the undefeated teams are in the East and maybe athletic directors are saying that's why you schedule easy schedules. So you can be five and oh. Yeah. I mean, certainly you can look at the schedule of Georgia and Missouri and uh, Kentucky and a lot of teams might have that same record, but at the same time, uh, you know, the fact that Tennessee has already got a loss is big looms big. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, they got some big games coming up with, uh, you know, Georgia down the road, but also Alabama and LSU. Uh, or maybe it's Texas A&M. I can't remember one of those two. Who do they play, Brent? Texas, uh, but anyhow, the, the whole idea here is that uh, early and it's good to be undefeated, but everybody talking about Georgia's home schedule. Now all of a sudden they got, you got Missouri coming in here undefeated, Kentucky coming in here undefeated, and um, Mississippi all of a sudden looks stronger than dirt. So uh, we'll see what happens. The biggest thing that stands out to me is – what an awesome Saturday if you care a lot about SEC football because the top three in each of those standings play each other this weekend in consecutive windows. You got noon, 3.30, 7 o'clock. Those three games, just, just a great day for SEC football. Well, let's start with that nightcap with you, Brent, because Coach and I have talked about Georgia and Kentucky on UGA Sports Live. The Bulldogs, 14-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, Over-under here is 48-and-a-half. Historically against Kentucky, take yeah. the under there. But 7 p.m., that's on ESPN. First thing, Florida was beyond terrible in that game. The tackling was atrocious from the from the get-go. That was, that was one thing. But I think it actually gave Georgia a lot of great tape because of how – what similarities Florida has defensively to Georgia. Two, Ray Davis is really good. Like, their offensive line is not great, but his ability to make them right with his patience. And, like, you watch him, and to me, he's like a thicker, more explosive version of Dejan Edwards. What we, what you as a Georgia fan see with Edwards, how he's very patient, very quick with cuts. Davis is that. He's just thicker, breaks more tackles. Three, Leary just throwing the ball, it just looks – off and his accuracy issues are I it wasn't as bad when I looked at the ball placement data as what I thought after watching that game and some other tape but that's one issue and I think he's got mechanical issues that are unfixable he throws fastballs when he needs to throw changeups that kind of stuff the other thing was like I, I want to see in this game does Georgia finally dictate the tempo of the game offensively early like, it's a thing. The slow starts are a thing now. And the longer you look – like, you look at Kentucky's games, 65 offensive plays is the most Kentucky's run in a game with a season. Like, this game might be, if you let it be, a, like, 55 to 60 play game for each team. The other thing for me, and two sort of big little tiny details, one, Georgia's kind of been a little sneaky not good at covering kicks this year. And Barry and Brown is one of the best kick returners in the country. Like, and that's like kick it through the end zone every time this week. And then two, can you block Deion Walker? Number zero for Kentucky, 6'6", 350, moves well, already has 17 QB pressures, which if you look at Georgia's defense, Brinson and Munden are one and two. Those two have combined for 17. This guy's got 17 on his own. So those are some of the little things about this game that are 
that are going to be fun to watch. But I, much like Georgia, Kentucky in the past, it will be very physical, and I think it will be relatively low scoring. I would add one thing about Leary that uh, he certainly hadn't been what he needs to. But if you go back and study the tape at uh, North Carolina State before he got hurt, he has passed for close to 5,000 yards in a big league. I mean, ACC is a Power Five conference, and so he has the capabilities, and he's a very mature guy. He's already 24 years old, so he's been around the block a lot. So he's due to maybe hit some of those, kind of like anybody might be, but his accuracy is certainly something that worries me. But I think I had to make sure when I made an assumption that he wasn't playing that good, one of my friends at NC State, sent me some uh, tape of him, and he was very impressive uh, when he was playing for the Wolfpack. Yeah. Schedule check for Georgia. I think Georgia can get on an emotional high at home, night game, ranked, undefeated, all of that. You get noon at Vandy next week and then the bye week. So Georgia can put a lot into this game emotionally, and I think they'll be fine the next couple of weeks heading into Jacksonville after that. Yeah, big week. Like it, this is To me, this is the biggest game they've had in a long time from a just – where the future, where the season goes. Like, they should, talent-wise, win this game. They should handle their business. But you turn the ball over like you did at Auburn, you never know. Coach, going over to you for LSU and Missouri. This is a ranked game. One team kind of coming up, the other coming down here. LSU, a six-point favorite on the road. That's an 11 a.m. local time kick, 12 Eastern. Uh, that's on ESPN in Columbia, Missouri. Well, you look at LSU's offense, certainly among the better in the country, particularly the way Daniels can run and throw, and they, they're scoring an inordinate amount of points. The problem is they're giving up a lot. And, uh, you know, they're, they've just really been a, a team that uh, can't put anybody away. Uh, I mean, you look back over the last couple of years, Missouri, very resilient. Uh, Cook hasn't had a turnover yet. Uh, he's got the ball to burden. Uh, in a lot of different ways, and Burden's right up there. If he's not the leading receiver in the country, he's right there. So uh, Missouri is a wannabe team. I mean, you know, they got to find a way to win uh, against a big opponent. I mean, they barely beat Middle Tennessee. I mean, it was a it was a nut cutter out there. And then you know, Middle Tennessee's only won one game. They did beat Kansas State. And, you know, the rest of their games have been uh, real nail biters. So I look for if Mizzou can hang in there and not get too far behind, their defense is good enough to make some stops and they got to get some help. But uh, LSU is just a volatile team. I, I would say they're the volcano, the volcano team of America getting ready to explode. But maybe they might get a lot of lava on themselves too. So you never know. So true. I mean, when you think about, was there any defense played last week in that game against Ole Miss? It, it, they, everybody just sort of took a break. But what's – so, well, interesting about that, though, I'm going to give Dane a shout-out because last week you mentioned the local product, uh, Coney County, Whit Weeks, freshman for LSU. Guess what? He was the highest-graded defender in the game against, L, against Ole Miss. Played 54 of 94 snaps. I think, though, when you think about LSU and Coach, you're talking about not being able to put teams away, 100% true. And a lot of it's just depth. They have zero defensive line depth. Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, they play almost every snap. And there were 94 defensive snaps in that game for LSU. Mason Smith played 78. Wingo played 80. That's like you would never see that. Georgia Alabama, like you would never see that those guys playing that number of snaps there. But if you like offense, this is gonna be fun because QB wide receiver, 
Daniels is, I think, third in the Power Five in terms of uh, overall PFF grade. Cook is 12th. Burden is the number one receiver in Power Five grade. Neighbors is third. Like Cook, what you're talking about, highest hit last week, highest single game grade tied with Drew Locke. Right now, his current grade would be highest of any Missouri QB in the PFF era. So, like, this is going to be a like if, like you said, Missouri, the longer they stay in it, I, I think LSU's lack of depth might lead to bigger plays for Missouri, and I think they could potentially pull off the upset here. I think they do, actually. If Missouri does, it gives Missouri permission to hope looking forward because at Kentucky next week, I would say winnable, South Carolina at home the following week, then a bye week. If you go 3-0 in the next three, you're 8-0 with a bye week before coming to Georgia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and they did. They have a four-game winning streak against uh, South Carolina, so you got to feel good about that. It'll be a heck of a game next week, too. But uh, I, I just think the LSU's against the wall here. I mean, you know, you, you had all that preseason hype, and now they've got two losses, one in the conference. Uh, they got Alabama looming. Uh, they got to find a way. Yeah. I know they brought in Pete Jenkins to help them with their defense, a defensive guru uh, who's an analyst around. You know, he's he's about my age, I think, maybe a little younger, but he's a really good D-line coach, so maybe he'll help them. Biggest game of the drink era. I mean, it probably likely is thus far. He's earning that extension so far this season. We'll see if the schedule can hold up because you're right, coach. It's only 23 to 19 against Middle Tennessee. So they're 5 and 0. Oh. I don't know if it means a lot. We'll see. Um, if you need permission to dream, Connor Grading and Landscaping can help you out with that. So let me make this a, a little bit bigger for y'all. They say on their website, let us help you bring your vision to life. That's kind of my favorite thing when it comes to Connor Grading and Landscaping is sometimes you don't always have the landscaping brain to know what's going to work for my yard. And Mike Connor and his team can tell you what they've done in other yards. They can show you some photos of ideas that they've had and kind of dream up that process for you and make your home tailgate the best one in your neighborhood. Connor Grading and Landscaping, connorgrading.com. Brenna did notice that I, I think we have one final grass cutting and then we are done for yeah, the season. I think uh, right. so a really good time to get your lawn and yard set up so that next spring you're ready to go. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still holding out. I still mow my own grass. We had a, quite a discussion in the event uh, in the off season about that. Uh, you should make your uh, your sons do that. You and Jim Harbaugh. They do the they do the back. They do the back. I, I handle the front. How about Harbaugh? He still mows his grass. Does it? Jim Forrest Gump Harbaugh. There we go. Big game in the SEC West this week with Alabama and Texas A&M. This is the CBS 330 game. Uh, Brent, Alabama's a two-point favorite. I was surprised to see the over-under in this game is 47. So Vegas is saying not a lot of points for Bama and A&M. This is a QB like, – games are always QB-driven, but this one mainly because of the running ability of not just one but both QBs. Max Johnson is going to get pressured. Texas A&M QBs have been pressured more than anybody in the conference. Over the last two games, Max Johnson has 84 scramble yards. Like his athleticism has brought an element to A&M's offense that maybe not necessarily wasn't there with, with Connor Wegman. And then two with Milrow, two, like two, 210 of his almost 300 rushing yards are on scrambles. Like a pass is almost a run for them. And he's been efficient in the passing game. If he can avoid the mistakes because he's had mistakes – in every game, but last week, if he avoids mistakes, like this is I, the coach always talks about the Socrates know thyself thing. 
Alabama truly, I think, knows thyself right now. And their QBs, hey, we're going to live with big plays down the field, running game, and the QB just being fat, bigger and faster than a lot of people in the field. And I think – but this is going to be a fascinating game to see because of the strength on strength. A&M's receivers against Alabama's two corners. I, I, I can't wait to watch this game. This is going to be a good, fun game to watch. Yeah, and looking up some research for this show, uh, I don't think I've ever heard of a team have 15 lost yardage plays gained in the last two games, uh, both games. They've had 30 lost yardage plays. Uh, uh, Texas A&M has created that, either sacks or uh, uh, lost yardage plays. So, boy, you talk about a, a real nightmare for Alabama. That's one been their – problems all year long has been able not only penalties but lost yardage plays and Milrose hard to rush but he does take some bad sacks just holding on the ball too long so if they can avoid that uh, and, and get them to a minimum that's going to help them but here's the bottom line Texas A&M the last two years they won the, the, the year before last and last year they went down to the last play of the game so those kids feel like they can play with Alabama now they got a real spark knowing that they're, they've come back from a horrendous loss to Miami, which looks like a, a national contender maybe. That, so that loss isn't quite as bad. So you got all those Aggie fans ready to rock and uh, they want to put the hammer down on Nick. So uh, this is going to be a very, uh, very high-powered game that I'm, I'm really looking forward to see. Note penalties in this game for Alabama at Texas A&M. If you have the procedural penalties, I think Bama's averaging six penalties a game right now. If it gets a little messy with things like that, that's that's how you let the Aggies hang around here. If if Alabama can get a lead, coach, I, I think that that probably settles everything down. But first quarter, I think it's going to be big in this game. Yeah, it always is. But uh, I, I will give some kudos to Max Johnson first of all for hanging in there and not leaving. Also, uh, he's got tremendous uh, stats. The only stat that is against him, he's had some fumbles that uh, when he gets hit from behind. But uh, his ability to run and make something out of nothing is is something that will be big in this game. Is, and we'll, we'll uh, the receivers for uh, both teams got a chance against both secondaries because I think both secondaries count on pass rush. Next game in the SEC West, Coach, uh, Ole Miss now ranked 16 after the win against LSU, which was just who could have the ball last with enough time to score. And then Arkansas now 0-2 in the league. Ole Miss 11.5-point favorite at home, that game at 7.30 on the SEC Network. Can Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss fulfill expectations, which is they should win this game, or Arkansas, if they start the conference 0-3, you see things kind of sliding there. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, that's a whole miss. I mean, can play as bad as they played the week before. Give Alabama some credit. But, uh, well, they look like they just had a lot of juice. And, and of course, Junkin looked like a different pack as far as because he had some room to roll, and he just makes people miss in the open field. Arkansas takes way too many chances defensively to stop a team like uh, that runs so many good – RPOs and the quarterback can scramble and all like Jackson Dart. Uh, I just see, uh, you know, Arkansas trying to get some kind of identity both sides of the ball and making some changes in their offensive line. They're, they're looking for anything to, you know, be more competitive. But, you know, they've lost two tough games in the conference, no question about it. But I, I think they're going to have a hard time winning this one. 
They're they're what I'd say is they're the good bad team in terms of Arkansas. Like you just you're going to beat people you should beat, which is but you just can't quite get over the hump against better competition. And a lot of it's just KJ Jefferson. Hold, I mean, trying trying to make plays, but he holds on the ball as long as anyone in the conference last week. Or, you know, in terms of under pressure last week, eight sacks he took. He was one for two for negative one yards against pressure uh, last week. Uh, it's just going to be a struggle for them. And but the biggest thing I think, like you said, Dan, is how does Kiffin's bunch handle a little bit of prosperity and a little bit of sort of feel good? I mean, they got kids flipping off the goalposts. Landing flat on their back at their games after after rushing the field, did you see? Yeah, that was that was amazing. I can't believe somebody did that. But uh, you know, can Arkansas actually get a running game going somewhat against a not as good uh, defensive front? If so, maybe they can hang around. If not, I, I think Ole Miss just runs away. You know, it's probably hanging around your house right now, and I'm seeing it at mine. The, the spider webs are coming oh out closer gosh. to Halloween. There's a lot of them. The little you, yellow ones, right? The black and yellow ones. Black Those and things yellow are ones. so annoying. Yeah, there's a ton of them out there. And if you want to get rid of them, there's no one better to call than Breda Pest Management, the official pest control company of the Georgia Bulldogs. They protect Sanford Stadium. They can protect your home, BredaPest.com. They'll take care of the spiders. They'll get them away. They'll make sure that no other critters are getting in your house uh, as, as things begin to cool off here for the fall. Really big thanks to Breda Pest Management, BredaPest.com. Com. Two more games in the SEC of this week. And, uh, Brent, I guess I'll stick with you on this one. Vandy in Florida, 18.5-point favorites, the Gators uh, at home. That's a uh, 4 p.m. kick on the SEC network. Uh, I guess there's nothing better to, to lick your wounds than getting Vandy on the schedule. It helps. It definitely helps. And especially after that performance. I mean, I mentioned in the opening. Just the tackling and the effort on the tackling. That was the – not just the tackling stuff, the effort for the tackling, horrible. And also the penalties. Like you look at, hey, it's a 10 nothing game. They get a three and out against Kentucky, and then you get one of the, like, leaping the special teams penalty. Davis takes it 75 on the next play. Like, those kind of things are just been backbreakers for Florida, where you're like, hey, from a detailed and, you know, buttoned-up discipline type stuff that you all hear with Coach Speak, it's not necessarily there. Uh, you do get Vandy. That helps. You don't know who's playing for QB at Vandy. Seals, like we talked about, Max hanging around. Seals has hung around at Vandy after not playing at all you know, last year, starting a couple years ago. Played actually solid uh, last week, but, you know, they're just – Vandy's not going to win a conference game, unfortunately. You know, uh, you got that game looming from last year when the Gators went up to uh, Nashville and got beat that kind of solidified their losing season, kind of typified the kind of team they had, but – you know, they've had two situations during the games this year that made, made this stupid. But, you know, they had two guys with number three on against Utah and made them kick again. And, uh, I mean, actually got a first down. And then this last week, that that leaping penalty, which anybody knows that you can't do that over. And uh, they, they just can't – they're not good enough to overcome things like that. And then fundamentally, you would think they would be a lot sounder as far as their tackling course – People do miss tackles, but just gap control, uh, just diving at people. Uh, I still like Mertz. I like Pearsall. Oh, well. They got to find a way to get ETN in there a little bit more, get more touches. But uh, they're just a team that's uh, struggling for identity. They got this game in South Carolina, and then they got an open date before Georgia. 
Final game in the SEC, Coach. Uh, Mississippi State got down early against Alabama. They do get Western Michigan at home at a conference. That's a 12 noon Eastern kick, 11 local time. Yeah, you talk about a team that uh, just needs a W. I mean, this um, this Bulldog team from uh, Mississippi State going against Western Michigan. Western Michigan's always been a pretty good team. Uh, they changed coaches uh, last year and they got a new staff in there, but having a hard time being very competitive in the MAC should be a recipe for getting well, but uh, you know, their coaches are sensitive. I saw when their offensive coordinator was getting on with the uh, different uh, media about why did he take chances against uh, Alabama and all that. Hey, you got to, but they've just had a woeful performance against Alabama the last four years. I mean, Rogers as good as he's played. He's, he's been terrible against uh Alabama, I mean, just some unbelievable stats for a guy to have as many passing yards and touchdowns. I think he's only had one touchdown in four years. But this is a chance to get well. But I don't see him win another game unless they just uh, all of a sudden just have some uh, really good weight training and get a lot bigger and stronger. Yeah, they're not going to – I don't see them winning a conference game unless something completely shocking happens. They, they got Southern Miss towards the end of the season. That might be their only other possible win, but – it's going to be a struggle in Starkville. All right, Dan, question for you. I know you, you kind of off-the-cuff trivia for me every now and then. What's Western Michigan's uh, – what's the different Michigans, the directional Michigans? What's the mascot? Western's the Broncos, right? That is correct. All right, what, what about Eastern? Uh, Eastern is – oh, God. I know they're green. Um, I'm, I, I'm, Central's the Chippewas. I know that. There you go. Yes, Chippewas. I'm, I'm forgetting Eastern. Eagles. You're right. You're right with the green. You're right with yeah. the green. I was I was gonna say Eagles, and I wasn't confident. And that's my fault. Uh, I want to sneak in quickly, Coach. Uh, just a few out of SEC games starting. With whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't that the best SEC game of the week <laughs> that you're about to say? No, oh, fair, fair. In a year, it, uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Very true. Your I, coach. I noticed ESPN jumped on that game and got it away from Fox uh, because they knew they were going to have it next year. So <laughs> even though they're playing at 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock Central, uh, ESPN's got game day. They're really putting a lot of uh, – and I thought it was interesting that the Big 12 commissioner said he wasn't going to the game. <laughs> so he's not that fired up about these two teams. But, you know, Oklahoma, I mean, I got a lot of hope for them. But the reality is – they're going to need some help from Texas. Texas is going to have to give them some uh, easy scores or turnovers. Gabriel's operating at, a, at an unbelievable uh, uh, proficiency or efficiency status. But uh, I, I think OU's got a chance. Last year they didn't even have a quarterback for the game. They were running the Wildcat. But uh, this Texas team's a real deal. But it's one of those teams that you keep saying that, and then every year they let you down. So – Hopefully, they'll let us down and get, get the Sooners with a W. Todd going to the game, Coach? Everybody's got a D in their names going. I mean, I'm Mr. <laughs> Venmo. I'm Mr. Venmo this week. Uh, uh, everybody's going. Of course, I'm glad they are. Uh, uh, my daughter, Tammy's not going to be able to go, but she just got back from the Labor Cup tennis, so she's got to make up some work. But, I mean, my grand grandsons, granddaughters, everybody, it's – they even got an itinerary that they put out where they're eating, what time the cars are going, where where they're parking, everything. It's really organized. So, uh, I mean, it, for all the fans out there, it's just like Georgia, Florida. I mean, it's the same kind of situation. It, it's a year-long 
uh, game that everybody just looks forward to. And the, the only difference is there's 250,000 people there that are going to the state fair that really don't care about the game at all. They want to get some uh, fried Oreos or whatever they get. I don't oh. know. And, some funnel uh, cake. Get some funnel cake. Corn, big corn dong action out there. <laughs> Let me sneak in three quick games, just and we don't have to elaborate on them much, but some sneaky undefeated teams. Washington State is ranked 13th, 4-0, going to UCLA. Cam Ward. Dude's fun to watch. Watching play football. He's fun to watch. Yeah, Washington State's got a good plan. UCLA, good offense, new quarterback, freshman. But uh, I don't think the road makes that much difference when you're playing at the Rose Bowl because you got a lot of people disguised as seats there when they play at <laughs> home. So uh, I, th- I think Washington State's got a legit shot. Can Talia uh, Tungavailoa pull something off against Ohio State? The Maryland Terrapins 5-0 and going. They're 20-point underdogs against Ohio State. But not a bad team, Maryland. Is there anything there, Coach? Yeah, I like Maryland. I watch them. Uh, I mean, they're well coached. They got a good plan. Uh, you know, you know, you haven't seen uh, Ohio State uh, play this good on defense in a long time. Though their defense is ranked, and they they really are where they're supposed to be. Still struggling offensively. Uh, I think Maryland can cover the spread, though. They they played them tough last year. Like mm-hmm. to me, watching the tape and preparing for Ohio State last year when Ohio State was playing Georgia, that was one of the toughest games on Ohio State's schedule was the Maryland game. So, like you said, very well prepared. And Notre Dame, the gauntlet kind of continues after surviving Duke. You get five and zero Louisville, maybe a little belief for the Cardinals, a home game for Louisville, still an underdog. Notre Dame favored by six and a half there. Yeah, I watched Louisville play NC State last week and. First half, they couldn't move the ball at all. Second half, they, they started rock, you know, doing a little bit better. A lot of pressure with their offense. Uh, uh, couldn't handle NC State's blitzes, but then they started picking them up. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't blitz that much, but, well, you got to give uh, Jeff and his staff a lot of credit for what they've done, turning this Louisville team into a real contender in the ACC. So, uh, Notre Dame just finds a way to win, and, of course, Fourth and sixteen. As as, as as Notre Dame only could do it, they had video of the players and coaches talking during their last drive. Uh, yeah, the coach's headset in there. Right. I mean, that's uh, I've never heard of that before, but uh, I know, liked it. I liked listening. It was, power, it, was, it was intriguing. More power to them, but I'm glad they didn't have anybody listening to me when I was on the headset. <laughs> uh, I don't. You need the bleep button probably. For no, I wasn't, wasn't using any bad language. But I was using some. Talk to the refs a lot. But, uh. <laughs> uh, well, that's it for Around the League this week. Uh, I, I think you're right, Brent. This is going to be a pivotal week for the SEC. We'll see what we have moving forward, especially Georgia, Kentucky, and, and A&M, Alabama. Uh, we thank you all for watching. Brady Pest Management, thank you. Same to Connor Grading and Landscaping. Support those people. We'll see you next week here on Around the League. <laughs>